This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. We are live in the studio today. Let's make the most of it. Um, mm-hmm. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Hi. Oh, I just feel like... Chicken tonight. Chicken tonight. Uh, oh. You haven't got any lined up <laughs> for me, have you? As a surprise. Can be arranged. Uh, I would do the uh, chicken tonight dance, but I'd probably be emanating armpit spores, which yeah. were potentially fatal. I can never remember which spores <laughs> are okay yeah, and which yeah. spores are the killer spores. Well, but hey. I mean, just to play devil's advocate, very few of them are the killer spores now, aren't they? But anyway. Oh, oh no, I've accidentally opened up that argument. Controversy <laughs> corner started already. It's controversial, it's just facts. But anyway. Who'd have thought chicken tonight would take us to a <laughs> coronavirus? What? <laughs> Is chicken tonight um, a sauce? Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't think I jar. knew that. I think Ian Wright used to advertise it. That's oh, did he? Right. Did he? I think I've got an image of Ian Wright flapping his imaginary wings. It makes me feel like I'm a 20-something because I ate quite a lot of um, honey and mustard-flavoured chicken tonight. Do during my No, I did. Oh, you did? I, okay. I, I did like Ian to Wright... think that my cuisine has progressed a little. <laughs> did Ian Wright get that gig then on the strength of, of his name? Because chicken to right, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think they use that as a pun. Uh, oh. It's a nice idea, though. Okay, I'm assuming they might have. What do you mean? Do you think they were looking for Mr. Wright for the job? Is that? I think that Mark Wright they approached. They approached Maybe. Christopher Hitchens. Yeah. Hitchens tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been an interesting. Uh, yeah, he, advert. He, he would have been. Uh, and uh, Mark Bright. There was just a backup if things went wrong. And then they had Simon Callow doing an advert called (laughs) I'm going to read some Dickens tonight, Dickens tonight. (laughs) And him, like, flapping a quill. Did Dickens write with a quill? No, he's post-quill. Is what it? would Dickens uh, have written he, with? He would have been crossover, definitely, wouldn't he? What did Dickens write with 8, 12, 15? Keep it clean. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk all that stuff. You don't want to believe that. Oh, I um, I have... Um, oh, I should say thank you to our... Uh, well, you know we've got new sponsors no. for the show, yeah. Have I don't, we? Who's yeah. it? Chicken Tonight? Well, they don't... Um, they asked um, that they, they wouldn't be named... Uh, because they said that they they felt um, that ashamed. pushing the company name is a bit embarrassing, and they preferred to keep a, a low profile. Is this so oh, real? Yeah. So we're oh. not even gonna. So you know when you say on Sky Sports, sure for men sponsors Sky Sports. Yeah, it says proudly sponsors. That's right. So we're going to use the word surreptitiously. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? It's all, obviously it's not true because that's all they care about. But wouldn't it be great if you got a sponsor that said, "I'd rather you didn't mention our name. Find, yeah. it, find it a bit naff." Like you know a what I mean? Silent business partner. Yes, people who are doing it because they care. Am- yeah. Ambient sponsorship. I like the idea of oh, that. Oh, man. If there's a sponsor out there who's thinking, you know what, <laughs> I want to sponsor someone, but I'm, I find it a bit embarrassing, the whole name mm-hmm. thing. This is where yeah. you need to come. I, th- I think we might be one of the last unsponsored shows on Absolute Radio. What you does reckon? that tell you? <laughs> it's fine. I'm over <laughs> it now. 
I'm just, uh, you know, just thinking it over. Got an itchy arm mm-hmm. there, you. Pardon? Have you got I have got an itchy arm? I have got an itchy arm. Ferociously scratching that. Uh, yeah, I. Um, that's my um, crossbow arm. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm using the wrong varnish. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm not happy about it. So, um, what, what have I been up to this week? I hear you ask. Well, I had my first since the lockdown. I had my first trip to the dentist. Oh, Ooh. how what how were they? Well, oh, we did a family appointment, which means me, Kath, and Boz um, have twenty minutes each, so we book an hour, mm-hmm. and then we turn up. Um, and then we take it in turns. So we all sat in and talked to each other and sat in the room for the whole time and just took... T- oh, in the same... Uh, oh, room. I thought, Al, for a minute it was all at once, like the xylophone oh, no. player what? rushing oh, around yes. between the three like of you. The, the, the sparrow tricky. inside <laughs> the pigeon, inside the pheasant, inside... <laughs> us all sitting on, on each other's lap. Yeah. But there was a bit where Kath was in the chair and there was, like, me and Boz was there and she was in the chair and Dan, the dentist, and, and Sadie, the nurse, all gathered round. And Kath said, you know what, I'd kill to have perfect teeth. And I thought about it. I said, well, I wouldn't kill a human being. I said, I'll tell you what, let's have a little survey. How big an animal would you kill to have perfect teeth? And I thought, oh, that might be a good uh, texting. <laughs> what would you? Ideas. For per- I'm not that bothered about perfect teeth, but I'd, oh. I'd certainly take out, let's say, a, a wolf. A wolf? You'd go as big oh, as... Oh, I'd kill would a wolf. You? Interesting. I what? don't know if I could go above insect, Frank. Really? I've got to no. be honest. Perfect your teeth, teeth are nice, though. I think slug is the lowest of One less horse on the planet. Is that <gasps> going to make so much difference? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Um, so, you've started quite a bleak texting, yes, Frank. Yes, it was <laughs> <my> <laughs> I didn't think it would actually happen as as a texting. For anybody that's just joined, where were you? And um, and also, Frank has asked, what was the biggest? What was the question? What's the biggest what's animal? The, what's the biggest animal you'd be prepared to see um, slaughtered in order to get perfect teeth? Okay, oh. seven two nine. Keeping with the bleak tone, says. I once met a murderer and he had terrible teeth, so it just goes to show it can never be guaranteed. Not worth the risk, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it was ever um, part of the deal for being... For me. I once met a murderer is... Uh, yeah. It's the start of a good story. Well, we probably not, all have not without realising it. Yeah, maybe. Do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I, I'd have thought they were fairly thin on the ground. Oh. Mm. Well, I think we're safe in this room. Yes. Is that the time? (laughs) (laughs) We've also had, in response to that, um, Ian Wilson has... Wilson. ...got in touch. He says, do you have to take that animal's teeth? Good question, Ian. Oh, that is a good question. Oh, no, that would be... You can't. (laughs) You can't do that. What? In a sidebar, not a text-in, but a sidebar to the OG text-in... well, who, which animal do, do you think has the best teeth? Well, <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I, the truth is... We need a the, definition of best. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I think we rely on our own aesthetic opinion. I mean, <laughs> horse... It's, no. Oh, it's I crocodiles what's got have the three rows, don't they? Can I tell you the worst? What? Having oh. spent some, some time um, oh. in Egypt amongst camels. <laughs> oh, they oh. They've got disgusting teeth. Oh, what are they really? up to, Camels. 
I didn't even know you'd spent time in Egypt amongst camels. Oh, God. I, had, I, was on a, I went on a camel trail in Egypt. Did you? Yeah. Do they have... I imagine they have a lot of plaque. They are <laughs> disgusting. First of all, their teeth come out forward as if... As if... Uh, you know when you sometimes you're, you're wrestling with a dog... Uh, on, yeah. With an object like a, 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 a it's it's biting toy, and sometimes you pick them up and they're hanging from the biting toy by their teeth. Yeah. Looks like a camel's done that for forty eight hours right. every oh, week, yeah. <clears throat> and their me. teeth have come forward, and looks like they've got oh. sun tanned. Oh yeah, they're, they're sort of at a jutty outy angle, aren't it's they? Got, a lot of them have only got like one eye. And no, stuff. Really? They spit, they break wind, they are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd kill one of them just for a filling. Would you? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Do you know, I it's because I think they have such physical presence. It's almost as if they think we don't have to worry about these personal grooming things. Yeah, the rest but, of you get mm, out. Yeah, I, I think it's like Steven Spielberg <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> You know, if you're famous enough, you can look like rubbish. Right, yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that 545 is. has said, Frank, I'd go for the biggest non-endangered animal, Gary. That's good. That's a, got ourselves it, a do-gooder here, no, everyone. No, no, I, I think what we've got there is someone, <laughs> who's, take, someone who's taken the VMA media. They thought, well, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm prepared to kill an animal, but let's, let's be sensible about it. I think I like that. It's not an extremist, <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Um, respect to Mondo. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are accusing us of uh, an accidental partridge. Oh, well, why is that? <laughs> because, um, because of our texting. But that's oh. the point, you I see. I would say that people that say accidental partridge are... Um, <laughs> Mm. People I would put in a category <laughs> of their own, <laughs> um, which I'm not prepared to name because I'm, I like people to join in. I mean, it's 50 pence a text. Let's yeah. Not, let's not, you know, let's not knock it back. Uh, Sean McFarlane, Ooh. Frank, says sloths could do that in my pyjamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I honestly never thought this would be a, a texting. Yeah. Well, speaking of texting, what is sweet and sour sauce made out of? Oh, that's a good one. What is it? Lovely question. Was there a time, did it begin as there was two sauces? There was sweet sauce right. and sour sauce. Mm. And then they uh, amalgamated. Well, um, Alan, over to you. I think it's worth letting the people decide this. Well, I'll tell 50. you something, and this is this is uh, this is absolutely true. Mm. The first time I ever went to a restaurant in my life, our Keith took me. Um, I was fourteen, and um, I had um, sweet and sour chicken balls. Not just chicken, but you know the in oh, in, yeah. in, in um, batter. The battered balls. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe how good it was. Oh, man, it absolutely blew my mind. And I, st I went to a Chinese place, uh, a takeaway, actually, uh, last week before last, and I still had sweet and sour chicken balls. I've never found a better meal than that. Really? <laughs> I started at the absolute top. Uh, but I still don't know what sweet and sour is made out of. If you do, 8, 12, 15. And if you, got, if you know the, the history of it, better still. I um I asked. This was a genuine question as well. Can I say on on the uh, sweet and sour front? I don't 
even have the slightest idea what's in it. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't tell you what the base of it is, anything. It, well, it's a taste which to me is as individual <laughs> as um, Oscar Wilde. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. We've had... I don't mean the taste of Oscar Wilde. Emily and I know the rough ingredients of... Um, <laughs> Sweet and sour sauce yeah. now because we spent the last song reading fifty different versions oh, of it. I mean, come through he, the text. They've been coming. These oh, sweet and sour's in their that. droves. Yeah, I'll kick off with eight one eight. It's sugar, black vinegar, corn flour, soy sauce, red food coloring. Really, mm-hmm. that's it. Well, there's other options are available. Al, over to you. Yeah, some mischief makers. Uh, <laughs> Neil and Francesca have said, I reckon it's jelly babies and vinegar. I mean, that's just not No, but you know what? Silly that, babies. That, to me, I can, I can sort of feel that more than I can feel the, the other ingredients. Mm-hmm. If you mix... It's, it'd be worth trying. I don't know if you could melt jelly babies. Is that... And yeah. also, I think I might get a big guilt thing about it, like when I text Buzz's teddy bear. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, what about coral from Cheltenham? I thought he was going to say included coral. <laughs> no, I don't think that melts down that easily. Also, the colour goes when you take it out the sea. It's oh, no longer got that lovely orange Coral tinge. from Cheltenham. What a great, what a great moniker. Coral is. from mm-hmm. uh, Cheltenham. Uh, I worked in a Chinese takeaway. The, no, I should say the emphasis differently. I worked in a Chinese takeaway. Mm-hmm. The main ingredients of sweet and sour sauce are, you ready, Frank? Yeah. White vinegar. Okay, yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. Oranges. Oh, no. Okay. I can taste that. Okay, well, see if you can taste this. Soy sauce. Yeah, of course. A few spices. Finally, Robinson's orange squash. Oh. <gasps> You are oranges and Robins. Has she got mixed up with the formula for orange juice? She question. Coral knows whereof she speaks. But you know what? I would never, I would never, ever try and make my own. You wouldn't. No, because if I made a duff one, I just would feel that I had. It's like I crestfallen. Would you? It it's would like ruin never, the dish forever. You know, I do a poetry podcast, but I, I would never write poetry because right. I would be slightly disgusted and disappointed <laughs> by my own efforts. Can I bring to your attention a text message from 775 who says pineapple is the secret ingredient? Well, you do get bits of pineapple. Yeah, it's not a secret. There's, there's, there's big lumps of it. Yeah, you can see them. <laughs> what bit of it is secret? It's that hiding in be. plain sight. In the pineapple world, though, there must be a bit of status to being in, uh, you know, at the lower end. Showing off to the oranges. You know those people who live on, live on gammon? <laughs> They're at the lower end, but we're with the sweet and sour people. Very nice. It's hardly a stealth fruit. It's yellow, for heaven's sake. Yeah, it's very, uh, very distinct. We've had so much sweet well, and sour correspondence, so but thank you for that. That's Frank, great. we've also had some correspondence uh, related. Do you remember you were asking about the animals that oh, oh, people yeah. would? I uh, felt bad oh, about yeah. that now. Do mm. you? Can I say killing animals is bad? So we, we, we're hypothetically speaking. Carry on. It is. <laughs> However, Jamie Brightwell has said I'd be confident in taking down an old sheep. Oof. Mm. Mm, yeah, to I'm have perfect sure teeth. 
But you yeah. wouldn't do it, Al. Oh, what, no, no. For perfect me, teeth. Me personally, I've, I've been in the fields with sheep and they're, they're you know, they're big units, aren't they? They are, yeah. It's not like think, a whippet or something. Think, think when you look, next time you look in the mirror and the teeth are absolutely <laughs> spick and span. I would like that. Oh, no pain forever. <laughs> never have to go to the dentist again. You just know. Frank's like the devil on my shoulder about my it teeth. Is, I never expected really that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I should have said this to that camel. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Yeah, we were just talking about posh restaurants off air. We feel self-conscious <laughs> talking about it on air in case people <laughs> feel, feel alienated in any. But uh, you'll be glad to know that they are rubbish in in many ways. Posh restaurants. You cannot get sweet and sour chicken balls. You can get chicken. Mm-hmm. sweet and sour but they will not batter them and for me when you buy into the chicken ball you think your teeth are thinking um, my teeth are not perfect because I'm, I'm a pacifist <laughs> uh, I, you think that the, it's oh it's, it's not crunchy batter it's a sort of doughy oh yeah. this is a soft and then there's a sudden out of nowhere texture change when you hit chicken <laughs> and so you go oh Oh, man. It, you go through a lot of complex emotions biting through the chicken ball. I tell you, I'm not joking. I've never, ever improved on sweet and sour chicken balls as, as, and with, with boiled rice as a meal. It's perfect. Whoever invented that, respect to Mondo, times two. Can we put that in the uh, late review compilation that we're yeah, working I think, on? I think, I, think, <laughs> I think we can. Ah... <laughs> uh, <laughs> We've actually had a missive in also on the subject of animals from um, a, a chap who says, your chat about feeding the alligators last week reminded me of a time we saw this up close. We were on a swamp tour just outside New Orleans. Swamp tour? Yeah. Oh, no. When the guy running it stopped the boat and started to throw marshmallows into the water. They'd barely touched the surface when an alligator would literally snap them up. There were at least half a dozen circling the boat. Oh, wow. Captain Bob, Captain Bob. Captain Bob then asked us if anyone would like to hand feed one. Everyone looked at the floor except my wife, Tina, who bravely raised her hand and said, he'll do it while pointing at me. <laughs> I love Captain Tina. Captain Bob then got me to shuffle out onto something that looked very much like a plank and hold the <laughs> chicken wing out at arm's length. <laughs> he then said, don't worry about the height. They're able to get up this far, which wasn't as reassuring as he meant it to be. When I asked him if he had any further advice, he said, yes, don't forget to let go. <laughs> Turns out that part of the process is pretty instinctive anyway, so I can definitely confirm Frank is correct about them leaping up from the water to quite a height. Mm. Something to remember if you're pointed to anything outside of the boat. Keep up your contra- contractually obliged duties. That's Eddie from Coolsden. OK, oh, I'd like to live in Colston. Would, would you? you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. That's like, you know that bit in Pulp Fiction? Because I'd read it, I was seeing the spelling rather than... Yeah. You know in Pulp, F- Pulp Fiction when he says, OK, that's cool in the gang or something like that, it's just a way of saying cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start saying now, oh, OK, Colston. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. That okay. is a thing I'm going to start saying. OK. Are you... Oh. Looking forward to that. Well, we'll so see how that, it goes. So if I came in and I said, oh, well, I'm going to go to that uh, gig on Tuesday, are you going to come with? I'd go, yeah, Colston. <laughs> You'll see. It'll catch on. I think it will. Everyone, everyone will I mean, a lot it. that you say does catch on. Colston. 
<laughs> oh man, I can I tell you what I'm feeling. I've got that sort of surge of adrenaline. You know when you do something that makes you feel, you know what, empowered. You feel I have done. I have stood up. I have stood up and been counted. Oh yeah. Like when for me. I haven't done this many times, but it really makes me think like, you know what, if I want something, I will go out and get it doesn't hurt anyone, I will go out and get it. I don't care what other people think of me. It's when I've opened the window on a bus. Ooh. I just got up and opened the window <gasps> and sit down and think, yes, that is the kind of person I am. Good for if you. I want the window open. Yeah, okay, you stared at me. You're thinking, look at that bloke opening the windows. Very Didn't good. That? Oh, man. What makes you feel uh, super empowered? <laughs> 8, 12, <laughs> 15. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. You mentioned before we went to that brief musical interlude, mm-hmm. you talked about how you'd opened a window on a bus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I appreciate... It's not the most revolutionary bus story up there in terms no, of making it, a statement. However, about, I, I had sat, a lot of respect for that because can I say, I've, I've never done it. I've sat on buses and thought, oh, it's a bit stuffy, and looked at the window and thought, oh, these people are all thinking, look at this. Who does he think he is? And I haven't opened it. And mm. I've made up my mind I'm not going to be that person anymore. Well, I've got a confession, Frank. I don't think I've ever done it. Wow. Never Have you ever been it? on a bus, then? <laughs> yeah, that's a good oh. point. <laughs> um, uh, Alan. <laughs> See, <laughs> I thought your story was I went on a bus once and I had to open every window immediately. <laughs> I love buses. Yes, yes. Not so much at the moment, but I used to. No. Yeah. It's just a lot... I think things like that, when... Um, you know, when you say, excuse me, but this is a dirty fork, I'd like a clean one. It's only a little victory in life, mm-hmm. but uh, some I, people can't do it. I heard someone returning something in a uh, coffee shop the other day and they said, I really don't want to be that person. And I thought, you are. Yeah. You definitely are being that person. I do want to be that person. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, you are, you see. What you thought about them, that's the sort of thing that people think when you do do some... Um, that she was being dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you thought... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what people think, oh, I shut did. up. Yeah. So you say, excuse me, but this this um, steak tastes of urine. And people are thinking, oh, shut it's up. Stop going on about it. Who do people think they are? I mean, it's that. <laughs> no, we're not together on it at all. No. Anyway, we, I would we, like to know what... what Actions make other people feel empowered well, in that same way. I'm glad I did that. Al031 has one. Um, oh, I haven't seen she, that. Well, don't worry. Oh, yeah. I'm across it. Uh, forgetting a one-pound coin and using my front door key for a trolley at the supermarket. I didn't even know. Lack of was... change won't stop me. Well, you can do that. You put a key oh, in. I know. Al, 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 oh. Al has lit up like a what? Christmas tree. What's so <laughs> cool? Three trolleys now. You do get it back, don't you, the pound? Yeah, but I I don't always have a pound. The smile on that man, I'm blinded. It's like a camel. Can I say Absolute Radio do not approve of people using the key instead of the coin? I don't know that. (laughs) No, I'm guessing. I haven't got the the... the manual with me. It's being wiped outside. Um, Oh, Dad, what about this one, Al? Dan Bauer, he loves you, Frank. Frank, I love the fact that a high-profile celebrity such as yourself is humble enough to travel on a bus still man of the people 
Yeah, it's actually it's to do with having an over sixties travel card and being a bit. Uh, being it's about time I got something back for oh, all the yeah. tax I've paid is the the darker motivation. It's a nice thing to say though, Dan. It is. I yeah. think I appreciate that, um, Dan. Drink the long a... draft, Dan. For the priest. <laughs> Something of a subject change. Seven zero zero has answered your question. I would guess Dickens wrote with a pen. You had to dip in ink. Yes. Typewriters were available in his lifetime. Were they? I think it was Huckleberry Finn that was the first book composed on typewriter. That is a very good. Um, it's the first. It's <laughs> a very strange tone you've taken. No, I, I didn't know where Never that. Never heard uh, you speak like that before. I don't know where that tone came from. I didn't. I. Um, I hope that never happens again. <laughs> and all I said was that was a very good. Yeah, well, I mean, it can be applied to so many things. Oh, I, I mean, think I could you just do want a, some voiceover work. Mm, I think that's true. I could do a, thes- a thesis on the just analysing the peaks and troughs of that. Yes. Yeah, well, it's mainly just very growly, <laughs> wasn't it? It was. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that. I tell you, it sounded a bit like who's that um, presenter that does. Um, Home is where the art is. Nick. Nick Knowles? It's, yeah, Nick Knowles. It's a bit Knowles, Knowlesian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember he does, there's, there's clips of him doing singing? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Love. I don't know what he's sung, but I, can, I imagine I know what his karaoke song is. I'm going to guess Mustang Sally. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking uh, Big Bad Leroy Brown. Is that what he's called? <laughs> Big Bad. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, Stop it, Nick. Get out. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This, however, is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 8.12.15. A lot of people have this morning, which is always great. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio or email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Mm-mm-mm. Can I just say I've eaten some... Uh, it was the producer, Sarah, it was her birthday yesterday. Mm-hmm. I found her, I think, three times yesterday. Oh, how Did lovely, you? Frank. That's thoughtful. Yeah, having completely no reference to her birthday. <laughs> so oh. I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, so she, every Frank. time she must have thought, oh, I bet this is Frank. Oh, oh, that's nice. He's yeah. asking me how to uh, convert to MP3 on Garage Band. <laughs> is that what you're doing? <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that. Oh, you're Sarah. doing some of your uh, Mustang Sally yeah. cover uh, Yeah, I'm doing that. I've got, got my own album <laughs> coming out. Um, Frank Skinner sings the Cranberries. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a cystitis benefit thing. <laughs> um, I, uh, oh, yeah, and, and our assistant producer, uh, Faye, is a fabulous uh, bakerist. Yeah. And so she's made a, a brilliant cake. One of those cakes that is comes from an era when people didn't worry about their weight or health. Mm. Yeah, they just it's said so cake true. And to hell with it. She really would. Uh, Paul Hollywood would be all over her. It's well, a very. I think that would have been a handshake, <laughs> I think. Um, it, it's a very Harold Macmillan. You've never had it so good. Cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yeah. Have, have, we, have you done all your business now? Yeah. Well, I think you know. Lovely. Yeah. So, we've had all sorts of responses, Frank, to your uh, text-ins this morning. Ultra Magnus 
he says, I feel empowered. This is in reference to your opening the bus window. Mm. I feel empowered by using my degree in engineering to explain to people on the bus that opening the window directly above them will benefit them little, mm. but it will massively inconvenience the guy three seats behind them. Mm. Oh, ultra. Wow. <laughs> what he's talking about there is trajectory. Yeah. I mean, no one, and I don't think we should go into this on air because it'd be too complicated, but I have never worked <laughs> up, or never worked out, rather. If I'm on a train zooming and I'm sitting the right, like, facing the engine, mm. um, and I throw, let's say, uh, a sweet and sour chicken ball in the air, I don't understand why it doesn't hit me in the face. Because once it's, once it's free of my grip, why doesn't my face on the train go straight into oh, it? Yeah. Is this a thing you try often, or is it? I'm, I <laughs> surely it would, wouldn't it? I, I don't even. No, it wouldn't. It doesn't. It's it's like the the, the train is its own little world where so the, the gravity is within train. You think? <laughs> well, it's not so much gravity. It's that if I threw, if I if we went outside and I threw an orange in the air and then I ran forward, I might well run into it on the way yeah. down. It doesn't work on a train. That's interesting. Isn't I it? um. Can I tell you who I have ultimate respect for? Are those people? You know, when you're on the tube. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's not a bit of observational comedy you ever expected from me, you uh-huh. know, when you're on the tube, but let's give it a go. Now, you know when you're on the tube and there's that rattling noise and the window is pushed very far down. There's a lot of noise and too much wind blowing in. Uh-huh. The people that get up and slam shut that window, oh, they almost... should, they're leaders. I mean, that's like the head of the British Army level for me. I don't know if I've ever even seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that bit when you're listening to like an audio book. I'm sorry for people who don't live in London, by the, but the tube, you get the sense they of get it. Get on the train, yeah. Um, and it suddenly goes really loud on the tube, and you can't yeah. hear your audio. That's that is very inconvenient. Mm-hmm. There's no other word for it. Yeah. But well, there probably is other words for it. I, I, I don't want Roger texted in and says actually there's nine other words that would have worked perfectly well <laughs> you don't want to know all Roger is yeah and then he'd probably say okay Roger and out he would have probably said who is Roger <laughs> or Roger that like yeah pun on Roger that yeah Roger ex- exactly was it his surname Roger yeah Oh, oh, been, um... I thought he had pretentious parents of North London parents. <laughs> he's called Roger. Ma- Martin Roger, I think he's called. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Martin Roger. <laughs> oh, man. People don't even buy th- the thesaurus sales of hard copy oh, yeah. thesauruses. That must have dropped like a stone. So there's yeah. got to be an app for that now. That surely. must have dropped like a stone or a lead weight <laughs> yes. or a brick. Anchor. All right, yeah. <laughs> All right Roger. <laughs> so what he was like at school. <laughs> it's going to go to the toilet. You mean the cubicle, the Literally. WC. The... <laughs> Shut up about it. I imagine he's French. No, but really, as far as somebody built the follow ads. Yeah. Do you want to punch in the face? You mean the bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Just before we continue, I'd like to read a text from 376, and I see this as something of a civic duty. Mm. We were talking about when you've forgotten a pound for your uh, shopping trolley moments ago, and someone yes. said um, that they could use their door key. Uh, yeah. 
blows my mind. Uh, 376 has said, my personalised coin got stuck in a trolley, so an assistant gave me the corned beef tin key, which works just as well. What? Like I say, I see this show as civic duty sometimes. Can I, <laughs> can I ask you, can, do they still have those tins with the key and the yeah. unwrap? That's still a thing. It's still a thing, and it's wow. still a... Wow. That it seems like... It's still a thing in my thing. actual life. I Is eat corned beef, reasonably. Also, I eat corned beef, but I get it in, like, a plastic oh. thing. Here's a question. Sorry Why Spam and, I believe, corned beef, why did they stick to the slightly hexagonal design? No other product comes like that. It all Normally, it's round. That's a good point. And also, sometimes the tin can really throw you off what the actual shape of the creature is. Like a lot of people don't realise, like a, a, lot, a lot of people don't realise that tuna are massive because tin yeah. tuna's little. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine getting a tin that's in the shape of a tuna. That'd be so impractical. I'd love that. Yeah, I, I think everything should be in the shape of what the creature was. That's well, a good idea. Be, I mean, beef, corn, beef would be can. Yeah, be very. <laughs> I, I just buy beef and then I corn it myself. <coughs> Do you? Yeah. Mm. How does that go? Uh, slowly. I don't know, yeah. Don't know, yeah. Really slowly. <laughs> I tell you what would require a lot of work, the crab, the crab paste. Oh, yeah. Oh, the detail on oh, those claws. Oh, no, yeah, that, that would be, be, that'd be like buying a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> a bit, no, that'd be too much. Also, I'm not sure tin openers would manage around <laughs> those sharp pointy bits. too long now. Be... You need to get one of those fairground things. I'd say what yeah. I like about when like, I haven't bought tinned corned beef for a while but what Fancy I don't pants. what I like about it is they don't they don't like a sharp corner do they? They, no. they round yeah. off the corners. Very much like a their... modern motor vehicle if you like. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if it's a safety thing but it's very uh, you mm-hmm. feel like you could if you could roll it down a slope. Quite ergonomic you're right. Yeah, I don't know what ergonomic means, but I'm going with it. Well, let's go with it. Well, oh, it was working for me, can I say, Al? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Don't get me wrong, I'm, <laughs> I'm caustin about it. Oh, Frank, please, I, I'm going to really struggle. As a f- dear friend of yours, I, I'm really going to struggle quite a bit with Coulston. <laughs> Coulston's working. Give it a chance. I know, but he's going to say it in front of someone quite cool, like a musician. He's going to yeah, think, yeah, oh, probably. I know, I'll throw in... Who will we be talking to, Frank? You'll meet someone. Someone cool, yeah. like Noel Fielding or something. He'll go, oh, yeah, Coulston. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm thinking yeah. he'll say it in front of Jay-Z or or something. Oh, yeah, and your next thing then you know it'll be in a it'll be in a trap feeling cool's done. Wake up tonight, gonna go down. Exactly. It's gonna be like that. And everyone everyone will be talking about it. And of course my part of it will be forgotten. Everyone will think, oh that's that thing that Jay Z came up with. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, I've had a busy week. For the first time in like six, seven months. Do you mean work busy? Yeah. I've been doing this job once a week since we've been back, and then it's just been... That's it. It's a hard time for the comedy community. Very hard time. A lot of people saying the comedy industry has been forgotten, but I've suddenly had stuff to do. I did a Zoom gig on Wednesday. I did a Zoom BBC thing on Thursday. I've got this, and I've got a live gig tonight. I've started wearing clothes again. (laughs) 
That is a moment. But not just boxer shorts, I mean, the whole lot. No. Started it's, putting I it all back on. Obviously, the coronavirus is essentially a negative thing that's happened, but I've oh, yeah. saved a fortune on contact lenses because <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't be bothered yeah. to put them in. I've just worn my spectacles. And then I've got a backlog, and I'm, I, I find myself thinking, well, not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Usually I've had to, up, up, you know, get to top them up again, but here they are, three boxes. Lovely. Three boxes. Uh, which eye do you think I favour? Left or right? No, no, forget <laughs> it. Don't text in on that. That would be, that would be awful. Well, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about this. Um, work, we never talk about work anymore. Two two four has said Frank. I'd be prepared to kill any amount of seagulls for even mildly reasonable teeth. Wow. I'd use a machine gun. What? That's what they're saying. I suppose if okay. you maybe they live by the seaside and hit bit, seagulls. No, now you're just getting nasty. If you're shooting them in flight, at least you're not going to hit anyone else. Although well, they could then hit. It could be like um, a, a trick shot in snooker. Like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cannon. Yeah, seagull cannon. Yeah. I like a clean kill, you know. Let's keep it. Let's keep the party polite. Seagull Cannon, I've decided, is going to be the main character in my next short story. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So Can we're I... discussing me. Oh, go on. What were you going to say? No, just briefly. A if message. Steve, Steve Burgess uh, could just interject, uh, just in relation to adding to Frank's empowerment theme, reopening the window on the bus. I feel empowered stopping on amber and actually setting off on green. You feel the mm. hatred coming through the rear window. Yeah. Lovely. What about that? Yeah, that is a Steve thing. Steve Burgess. That's a thing to do. Don't be an amber gambler, is that the... Um... <laughs> That's so shit. Yeah, don't be a, an amber gambler. God, That's what I, they used I, to say. I'd oh, I so about you. that. That's P. Callan, that moment. Thank you. Um, so I've been... Uh, I've That'd been... be a great thing, wouldn't it, to, to say to, um, I don't know, somebody like Katie Price, if you're in Las Vegas, because of their... Um, <laughs> crazy skin colouring um, <laughs> hey, come on don't be an amber gambler I just do yeah I remember I, on and you'll get teak I did yeah. that let's dance for comic relief thing and she, as, as a judge and she was there looking incredibly orange I've always really liked Katie Price and I said you've been on your holidays she said uh, no no I, thought, I really enjoyed it as a question <laughs> anyway so in um, in lockdown as I think I had on the show I've I've probably been commander maybe 97 98% of the time you're joking oh I would say at least and uh, and then occasionally occasionally I'll box a short up for um for, you know, I don't know, a food shop or something like that. For some reason, I felt the need to wear underwear to no, a food shop. No, I think that's shop. right, in a food shop. But I've now realised that I've spent probably about that, like 98% of the time, in shorts or tracksuit bottoms around the house. Mm. And it feels a bit insincere to start wearing jeans to things when it's clearly not the real me. But I still have been wearing denim to come to this show. So... I did a Radio 4 thing from my home on Zoom oh. in tracksuit bottoms and a hoodie, which is very dressed down for me. I just... Mm. What was it, is about hip-hop? <laughs> it's the news quiz. Oh, oh, OK. It's really jarring, actually, to wear a trackie. I mean, I wouldn't do that for a live gig. What's, no. 
Have I, mm. Is this either more sincere or less professional? I think that's what we have to put on each side well, of the seesaw. Well, I've got a, I've got a sort of a dilemma because I think I'm doing my first on Monday. I'm doing my first thing when I actually on on camera for a while. Right, and um, it's only a, a, a it's it's not like a major thing, but it's the first time my lockdown haircut, <laughs> which is a bit. I know it's a bit like Aubrey Beardsley on a on a desert island look. Yeah. So I've just been shaving Keeping the, the references really wide appeal. Oh, sorry, Aubrey and, Beardsley. And how would you? How would you? Sorry, um, uh, it's just I've gone back to a centre parting accidentally. Because if right. you let your hair grow longer, centre parting actually has to happen. Otherwise, you, you have, right. you'll just be Don King. You just keep going <laughs> upwards. I mean, you could put some product in for the day. I, yeah, I could. But what do you... I mean, you guys haven't I'm mentioned it. My voice is getting higher as I'm suggesting it. I Sometimes there's a bit of muttering when I come in the room that stops suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> do you just and keep my, hearing the word cad file really quietly? Yeah. And also, and I know people hate you when you say this, but my cleaner, um, she... Uh, Walks into the room and just burst out laughing. I said, what, you're, what you're laughing at? She said, I've just never seen hair like that. This is my cleaner. Um, so I have really um, gone through... And when I took back, uh, my kid back to school, uh, a lot of the parents just didn't recognise me. I told you, know, you know I hate that more than anything. So it feels what, like a... I mean, I... If we're going to be honest here, I know you're a fan of Frank. I thought it was um, a conscious decision towards a sort of Sean Ryder um, uh, Happy Mondays look. Uh, okay, is that is that not the case? I haven't gelled it or anything. It's like I've gone a you bit, really haven't. A bit Neil Gaiman. And <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll put a picture up and get it out, get out my system. Uh, but I, I I think the time has maybe come. Mm. I just haven't braved the barbers, you know, but. Um, I looked in the mirror the other day and I thought, oh, it's like if the small faces was to go back on tour now. <laughs> they called the old faces. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Boys, I would like to talk to you about something rather extraordinary that's uh, emerged this week. Have you seen the letters? The letters that have come to light in this new book revealing the bromance between KJ and uh, Donald. <laughs> DJT. <laughs> Donald J. Trump. Yeah, very good now. DJT and KJ. Is he, uh, is he a, uh, what's the J for in? Kim Jong. No, in, in Trump. Oh, uh, Donald, let's guess that, I'm sure. Um, I, I knew, um, funny enough, <laughs> I knew Kim Jong-un's middle name. <laughs> I think I've heard that before somewhere. Is Un his first name? No, um, <clears throat> Je Donald, oh, it's got to be... If we get, when he gets letters from the West... Um, KJ. Yeah. Do they say KJ Un? Mm. Mr. KJ Un. Because if there's a local Cajun restaurant, you can imagine there being uh, confusion there and them getting a lot of his mail. 
I've not seen much about the uh, North Korean Cajun restaurant scene. <laughs> but if when, you have got a Cajun imagine you're at the Cajun restaurant, there's a knock on the living quarters door, and and Kim Jong Un is saying, "Have you had um, have you had an Amazon package coming <laughs> for Cajun Un?" <laughs> Luckily, Kim Jong Un is very laid back about things like that, so I can't imagine there'd be an issue. They've yeah. been called love letters, aren't they? They've been called love letters. These between the two of them, which um... well, I mean, have you seen them? There are twenty-seven of them. They were rather brilliantly. It was Bob Woodward who uh, uncovered them. Mm-hmm. Hypocrite. Yes. <laughs> well, Bob Woodward um, was, was the guy who exposed the fact that Nixon was um, wiretapping and sending people into the Democratic headquarters to yeah. photograph documents. But these are private letters that Bob Woodward has based a book on. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, physician heal thyself, <laughs> I yeah. would say, to Bob Woodward. I believe. Glad to hear it, Frank. It's emerged <laughs> Not that... enough people in the media stick up for Donald J. Trump. <laughs> I wouldn't say I was exactly sticking up for Donald J. <laughs> D- DJT, it's emerged, uh, did have several conversations with Bob, which I think he might be trying to deny now with the letters. It's all got a bit orcs. Mm-hmm. Um but did you see this? Before we get to the letters, he, he has... <laughs> Just one moment. It's got to be the same moment. Go on, carry on. There were quite a few where he said, apparently during a phone call, Donald uh, J. Trump, which I'm now going to call him that all the time, <laughs> Donald J. Trump said to him, was heard saying to Melania, honey, I'm talking to Bob Woodward. And I love the idea of her going, oh, my God! Yeah, saying Who? <laughs> Um, Was he an equaliser? <laughs> no, not that one. <laughs> not the one married to the one in the live birth. And um, he also said he wanted to do the book, um, but he wanted to read the book out of curiosity and to see if he could write good. Oh, OK. <laughs> now, look, one of the things I read that was quoted from the conversation between the writer and, and Donald J. Trump yeah. <laughs> was that... that the writer said, I've obtained these letters that were written by um, Cajun yeah. to you. <laughs> and um, Donald Trump said, um, well, look, don't don't get mocking Kim. And he said, this is the quote. <laughs> he said, I don't want to end up in a nuclear war because you mocked Kim. Well, that made me feel a lot safer about the world. <laughs> wow! So Kim said, and then just presses the button. <laughs> but the fact the President of America is thinking that that's a possibility. Yeah. You mock him and the next thing you know, <laughs> you're a shadow on a brick wall. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Absolute radio. We've had a correction come in from 879. Yes, I was reaching for my... I can't find my jingles anymore. Come on. Can you okay. sing it, We've maybe? We've all had nights like this. OK. Oh. Correccioni, correccioni, ole, ole, ole. Uh, morning, Frank, the Divine Miss M and Alan. Just a little correction, if I may. Edward Woodward's wife is Michelle Dutrice. Is it Dutrice? That's how oh, yes, that's Absolute. correct. Betty. Yes. Who wasn't in the Liver Birds. You're she was so indeed right. Betty Spencer, Frank Spencer's long-suffering <laughs> wife from Some Mothers Do Have Them. 
Yeah, and then there's some praise that I won't read. That's from Angie. What, for some others do have them? No, for us. (laughs) 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 Angie, can I say, um, very well corrected. That's exactly the kind of correctione I like to receive. And I think her... Which trees was she, Michelle? And I apologise. Yes, a ro- yeah, apologise. Well, I do. I feel like wow. I wish you. Were, I mean, because that's the sort of thing I'm very hot on. Frank will understand. Mm-hmm. No, no. We can, we, I mean, that was a good correction. Yeah, thank you for that. Well played. Yeah. Thank you, Angie. Um, Emily I would bl- like to say she's sorry. She did a whoopsie <laughs> <laughs> on the carpet. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you'll just leave. <laughs> Frank, that would have been a great part for you. The, the angry bank manager and Frank Spencer. Mm-hmm. Steve Coogan used to go on a better. They got rep. Actors in going, I spent really over absolutely <laughs> playing it up. Scenery um, chewers. What, yeah, which Detrice was he? Michelle. Michelle, and the father was Roy Detrice, yes, was it? Yes, but there was a, wasn't the sister the, the girl in Mary Poppins? Oh, oh this now, is like yeah, IMDb it's, has it's come getting, to life being yeah, here. So, Can like, we just, we uh, just to I, draw... I, IMDb. <laughs> I, look, I look it up and it's always just a, a mess. It's difficult <laughs> to work with. Oh, I'm really work glad with. to hear you have a weird hatred for stuff. Like, Sorry, when you say when, work with, what, are you, what sort of work are you doing so, with You it? know, just to find stuff out, it's, rob- it's one of the worst uh, websites. I hate pop-up shops. Yeah, yeah. Depends what are you what? here? Eight, twelve, fifteen? No, no, no that's that. that. I know what you negative. mean about IMDb, Frank. <laughs> what well, if I want to know who's in a film or whatever? I just I, I avoid that one because I always get. <laughs> I tell you what, I get a feeling. You know there are websites where if you've paid, you get a much better version. Of yeah, it. I really pro. feel like I'm getting the. The, the tradesman's entrance to IMDb. Yep. And also, I can never remember the order of the letters IDMB. And all. <laughs> I, I hate it. hate it. I'll be glad when... I was hoping that the, the coronavirus thing, that might be one of the companies it took down. But, of course, it was an online thing. Mm. But what an, what an awful organisation. <laughs> that is... This is um, crisp mouth. I'm so sorry. <laughs> mm. I'm sorry. I apologise to you all. Okay. I just um, anyway. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on eight twelve fifteen. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio and email the show via the Absolute Radio website. I'll uh, read you a text message that we've had from five two three. Um, IMDb is owned by Amazon, so it's probably not going anywhere uh, anytime soon, Frank. Mm, However, as a UI, brackets, user interface designer, I have to agree with Frank, horrible website to navigate. Uh, Thank you. That's from a professional. (laughs) Mash in Valencia, another late review, I feel. But But I'm guessing, as I say, that it's not the main... If you pay, it probably got better. It's got a... You know what I suspect might be the case? Mm. In-app purchases. Oh, yeah. I think there might be a bit of that going on. And 166 has texted, somewhat overstating it, I think. Amazing fact... Michelle Dutrice is from Cleethorpes. Dave in deepest, darkest Cumbria, I'm not sure. Mm. None of you look amazed. I like Cleethorpes. There used to be a, a, um, a thing hanging up there, which was like, you know, seasides uh, always used to have like lights hanging up yeah. with things on. 
and it was a crescent moon with a couple of fifties sweetheart sitting on it. It's oh, really lovely. beautiful. I'd love to know if it's if it's still there. Actually. Frank, uh, we've had some tweets in as well, just to let you know what the Twitter community are saying. The Twitterati. <laughs> Airy. Twitterdom. Says. Uh, um, Twitsville. <laughs> All right, Dad. Um, Airy. Twitter City USA. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, call's done. Let's hear it. Oh, man. What are they saying on, the, uh, on there? On uh, Twitsville, Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. Airy says... <laughs> Sometimes I remember it's Halston. I forget, and then I remember. <laughs> um, Airy has been in touch to say, you can just Google a film and get the info. No one uses IMDb anymore. Well, good news. <laughs> good point. Yeah, but all right. <laughs> All right. So he come out and then he leaves the room and everybody goes, God, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I'm not sure how we got to IMDb and Frank Spencer from Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un's no, love letters. Also, but, uh, right, can I, yeah, oh, can I just quickly... Of this show. Yes. Can I quickly share with you... Um, I mean, let me know if you think it's all right to say this to Frank... But oh. there have been a lot of comments through your hair, Frank. Yes, I put my uh, Aubrey Beardsley up on um, <laughs> on social media. Uh, my we've, hair, all, we've all done it, love. My <laughs> hair has... Um, I've just let it grow since um, since coronavirus um, started in this country. Haven't you been shaving it yourself my, on the my, sides? My though? son clips the sides, but he hasn't touched the top, so the top right. now has, has, has lapsed in, into, really into, a, into a beard. You've really uh-huh. misheard, misheard lyrics on that uh, Frozen song. Um, Nell <laughs> says... <laughs> Sa- salons, salons have been open for some time now, mm-hmm. and you know what's hurtful about that is the little ellipsis, little dot 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 there. Ooh. What's Ooh. not been said in that? Yeah. We've also had some mm. comparisons, okay. similar style to Sally off Corrie. Oh. Are you familiar with her work? Well, I haven't watched Corrie for a, a long time. I think she was on it a long time ago. Okay. Oh, is it and Sally, Sally Lindsay? Lindsay. Kevin. Oh, that one! Oh, I always thought she was a, a um, just quite a little starter. Beautiful, yeah. Okay. Um, Dave, David Lynch. Can you still say that? David, David Lynch. Lynch. He's <laughs> got a nerve talking <laughs> about hair. I think they might be comparing. <laughs> yeah. You have got. I thought my hair had gone a bit David Lynch when I cut the sides. Can they call a clown? They call the Sandman. <laughs> David Lynch says, um, I didn't know New Romantic was back in, Frank. No. <laughs> oh, it is David. I thought it was somebody comparing <laughs> it to David Lynch. Um, Mr. Guinness, how is Annie Lennox? Uh, <laughs> Average shirt says, Ellen, question mark. Ellen as in the generic. <laughs> yes. Oh, I always thought she was beautiful as well. Not on there the inside, you go. sounds yeah. like. <laughs> and then finally, Neil M. A bit Julian Assange. <laughs> He's got a cheek after the hairy added man behaving badly. on Absolute Radio. So we're talking about uh, KJ and DJT. Wow. Um, who've been exchanging... Kim Jong-un and uh, Donald J. Trump for anybody that's just joining. Mm. 
they've been exchanging there's no easy way to say this they're, they're love letters essentially I mean some of the extracts I did wonder if there was doodles on like on proper love letters you know people doodle a love heart and then maybe Kim Jong-un just sends back like a missile <laughs> just doodled in the margin or a compilation tape a mixtape a lovely mixtape oh that what about great. I'll tell you what they used to do as well a boy I dated briefly and he was at boarding school um, another one of my relatable anecdotes. Yeah. <laughs> OK, I appreciate that. doesn't sound great. But he would send me letters mm-hmm. from rugby, I think it was, and there was he would spray it with uh, Kuros aftershave. Oh, that's, oh, that's nice. that, that, I could have done without that pause. Before <laughs> <laughs> that, man, that's made me just tighten. <laughs> oh. OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, that's a lovely story. No, these I mean, are... I think it was Kuros. Yes. So, honestly, these these letters, in case you haven't seen them... Uh, so, Kim Jong-un says things, I remember when I held your hand in Saigon. <laughs> yeah. And if I could feel the specialness of the moment. I mean, it's really... I think it's probably about... Um, I remember during the, the Gulf War, obviously it was a terrible thing, but there was some fabulous... Um, vocabulary from the the opposite side and they talk in a very poetic way i think in arabic countries and i I wonder if the koreans if this is this over effusiveness is part of the you know Mm. um i know he he killed i know he killed his uncle with a firing (laughs) squad that included anti-aircraft weapons. i know that wasn't listen that wasn't a good day no in his uh, but his I don't want to mock him of course apparently Trump <laughs> claims that he told him about that yeah told him in detail, detail. <laughs> what he actually said Frank the thing that I was struck by is he said I cannot forget that moment of history when I firmly held your excellency's hand <laughs> at that beautiful and sacred location as the whole world watched with great interest wow I think we'll be the judge of that KJ that is <laughs> and hope to relive the honour of that day what I was struck by is the use of your excellency. I understand that KJ might (laughs) like to be referred to in that way. It's not something we often do. I mean, the only people I've ever heard addressing people with that term is... um, well, it's, it's your lot, Frank. It's the Catholics. I've What's said, the excellency? Well, I've heard it with regards to the Pope and I've heard uh, sort of Doctor Who villains it's a say it's your intergalactic warlords. Excellency. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also got a bit of Ferrero Rocher <laughs> about it, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, also, I can't help thinking of the, the very tiny hands <laughs> of um, Donald Trump that he was holding like a tiny... Like the big hands on the little hand. Like a tiny, tiny Trump hand. <laughs> I've often thought, you know, when you drop something and it goes under the seat of the car, I've often thought I wish Donald Trump was in here and yeah. he'd have this out in a, in a jiffy. That would be good. Do you know, Donald's pinky would be very useful for the lint in my laptop. Oh, that's a good, yeah. Well, you remember that kid who um, got a Lego figure hand stuck up his nose? <laughs> I think that could happen to Melania. <laughs> Oh, clean that up a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Breakfast radio version. He also said, uh, I mean, I have to say, I thought KJ was coming a girlfriend's thirsty. Yeah. You know, I mean, play it a bit. Play it a bit, Coulston. (laughs) Just their Coulston boy. Yeah, real Coulston. Oh, I feel sick. (laughs) Paraphrase a bit of West Side Story for you all. 
no, he, he, yeah, he, he's, um, he's, he's a bit too much, isn't he? He says at one point, he says, every minute we shared 103 days ago in Hanoi was a moment of glory that remains a precious memory. I mean, when you're counting down the days like that, no, you're going, it's lunacy. Not. I don't like lo- lunacy at that point. I worry about him. He's, he's leaving himself very vulnerable. <laughs> but to be fair to Donald J. Trump, he didn't reply saying anything like, look, mate, I'm just not that into no. you. He, he played the game back. And yeah, he said, I remember the swish of your slightly short, baggy trousers as <laughs> we walked <laughs> across the... I can still hear that. The circumference of KJ's trousers. That's what they have in common, Frank. Is that right? Yeah, the boot, the boot cut, wide leg. Oh, uh, of course. Yeah. Very important to have a bonding uh, yeah. moment for them. I, I thought there was a certain amount of beauty in the whole thing. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. There is I mean, some... sorry, I'm just... Okay, okay, these are some of the, the, the haircut reviews, right? Oh, okay. Well, non-haircut, I suppose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone said, when a Cardo substitute your Nick Rhodes from Duran Duran with a Michael Fabricant. Who is that? He's the Tory oh, MP. Oh, I know, yes. Yeah. The one who doesn't wear a wig. Well, it's worrying that I had to say, he's the Tory MP, and you went, I know, as yeah, soon yeah, as the, the hair reference. Yeah, it's uh, it's gone a bit blonde as well. It looks like yeah. I've sonned, and I don't yeah. know how that's happened. You know, I think you'll be Maybe you're being very hard on yourself. I think you can carry it off because you have a very uh, youthful skin. Yeah. Oh well. Maybe just some product in the hair. Is that what you're thinking, Emily? I'm thinking a bit more than that. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, there's, there's a few bits of it, but you know what? He just you're right, Al. It's I mean your hair's looking great, Al. Okay, thank you. It's become, I don't like it, but it's nice that you do. Mine has become... It's become like a staring contest there. <laughs> I'd, how long can I go without uh, getting it properly done professionally and just leaving it? Do you want me to book someone to come? Oh, no, I'd okay. hate that. OK. Um, hate, it would be, hate the it cost. Would, it would be, yeah, it would be Guy and... Who's the Guy? <laughs> Who's Tony and Guy. Tony and Guy, yeah, they'd turn up. Can we return to the Donald Trump letters? Yes. There's a thing in there yeah. that I well, really... Well, I'd have thought a hair might have given you a bit of a segue. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit in there that I've got a real appetite for. Not politically, I just... I mean... Well, he's got a real appetite for as, everything, KJ. As we know, I... I, I'm increasingly drawn to just contrarians. They're so much more fun than everybody else. But get this for contrarian. <laughs> Donald Trump on Barack Obama. He's highly overrated. <laughs> overrated? And then he said, I don't think he's a great speaker, which is what everybody says about Obama. Is yeah. that he's a great speaker. He's a great public orator. Yeah. I mean, that is contrarianism that I haven't yeah. seen since Frank disliked Hamilton. <laughs> That's... But that was from the heart. Well, so is Donald Trump, I think. I, I, I think, I think, On yeah. that one. I think that... Um, I, I, I see that Trump is... Um, he's the sort of Greg Proops improvising type guy, isn't <laughs> Right. It? Whereas I think Obama is, is working with that written, crafted um, yeah. material. Yeah, yes. that's, that's the difference. It's not as good. And obviously, there's going to be a bit of shortfall. But when when the improviser gets gold, they really get <laughs> yeah, they get gold. That's so. true. It, but it, it takes uh, courage. That um, I remember a review of um, 
when I used to do a thing called On Plan with David Baddiel, which oh, was an improvised yes, show. Yes, I remember. And I reviewer remember said, um, I like the jokes, but I also quite enjoyed that moment in between the trapeze. No. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Are they going to get... So uh, there's a bit of that in a Trump speech, which you don't really get with... Um, did you notice? Um, did you notice Kim Jong Un's sign off when he uh, has finished the letter? Much says, obliged. No, it? before that, it says at Is the that bottom. What he said? No. I bet he did. Well, you Thank know, you, driver. But... He says back to Coulton. <laughs> he says yours in sport. <laughs> He says, Chairman, State Affairs Commission, Democratic People's Republic of Korea. And fair play to him for not putting sarcastic quotes around democratic there. <laughs> yeah, but he's earned those titles fair and square. Yeah. How dare you? Uh, he is fair and square. <laughs> With those trout, voluminous tr- palazzo pants. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting the fairs pressure. Sorry. But I, I wrote down a thing that was in the Daily Mail because there was a couple of things... That that uh, that Kim said, and this is how they said it. Um, said blah blah blah. I think about holding your hands. It said the despot wrote to Trump, <laughs> and then and then it was a fabulous blah blah blah. Daily Mail, according to the dictator. I thought, oh, it's one of those things, you know. Um, you do, you do one one bad thing, and people just go on and on about it. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Um, we were talking about the letters between Donald J. Trump <laughs> and Kim Jong un. The whole world will certainly once again come to see, not so far in the future, another historic meeting between myself and Your Excellency, <laughs> reminiscent of a scene from a fantasy film. Is this yeah. you talking to Frank or is this <laughs> reading a letter? Well, the sentiment remains, yeah. but um, I mean, fantasy film. Is yeah, there any pictures much. of the actual letters? <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing that um, Kim Jong Un writes on pale blue basalt and bond, right, oh, yeah. lined writing paper <laughs> with a fountain pen. And what would I'd love most of all is to see the envelope, and it's got one of those <laughs> par avion <laughs> stickers on it. <laughs> I think, um, sadly, I think the truth is that Woodward dictated them, didn't he? Into, I think he was reading them and said them into a recording. Oh, so he doesn't have the... I think. Yeah. I might be wrong. Woodward. What about when... I appreciate this isn't the worst uh, deed of KJ's, but what about when he said uh, he learnt to drive when he was three? Did he say that? Yeah, he tells strange lies. Well, he might have done. Fibber. If he wanted to drive when he was three. Yes, I can't imagine anyone saying no, Kim. Oh, man, imagine someone goes into the back of your car and you get out. Right! What kind of a... Oh. And there's little Kim, as it were. Little Kim. Do, do you he's think he's... There. I wonder if he had... I like the idea of him wearing those small suits because, as we've said, he does favour the... I mean, we're set, it's not just a wide inside legs, the circumference of the hem. Mm. You could get a sort of 18-wheeler truck in there. Yeah. And Donald does favour the boot cut himself. They've mm-hmm. both eschewed the uh, the tapered seam. Mm. Although you put on your on your Twitter, I notice a picture of him in Cindy boots. <laughs> yes, Donald likes to see. Which is, I tell you the whole the general overview of this, though. It's a thing that I've spoken to my partner about on many times. They met 
I mean, obviously they they you know officially got on very well. The clicked, yeah, the clicked. And the amount of times I've been out with Kat to a friend's house, we've had a nice night, and we leave, and Kat said, "Look, it was a really brilliant night. Thank you so much. I've had such a great time." And then I get in the car and I'm driving, and she sends a text saying, "That was brilliant. It was a really great night. I had a great time." And mm. she texts it, and I say, "Well, you just you just said that to him mm-hmm. before you left." And she says, oh! Can I say... This is what's happened here, isn't it? They've said all that stuff, and then they've got yeah. it... But, the, but I've got to be honest, those texts that Kath sent, I remember those, and it is a very charming, well-mannered thing to do, Frank. That's I nice. love She's getting those texts. Yes, but it's lovely. It's very thoughtful. It's but did a you thoughtful any point, follow-up. Did you at any point say to her when she said, I've had a great evening, do you have said, well, that's all very well, but I wouldn't mind getting that in writing? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, exactly. <laughs> but I think what Emily's saying is that Donald J. Trump and Kim Jong-un are thoughtful. Well, they're famed for it. Yeah, they're not Of for course. It. Yeah. But uh, imagine the sitting around talking about the uncle execution. I mean, it's awful. What kind of a... I'd have changed the subject, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't want to hear about that, Kim, for goodness sake. What, what I, say we nip to that cage and down the road? <laughs> what about when Kim said he hopes that everyone's dream will become a beautiful reality? It's like one of those Instagram boards also putting that, up pictures of clouds. That Come troubles on, me mate. because you want to know who's in the room before you say everyone's dream could become a reality. Like, you know, some people have pretty weird dreams where they're playing ping pong yeah. with their ex-headmaster or something. Yeah, I don't want to be... Uh, <laughs> I don't want that to be Naked on the toilet on a bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want that to come uh, true. Not That's good. I'm hoping I got it about 10 years before that <laughs> happens. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. I have an announcement I'd like to make. Right. Um, Kim Jong-un and I, no. <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. Uh, Thursday was a very special day for our boy Al. Do you know why? What? His book was out. Oh! The Frank oh, Skinner. The book's, the book's on there. How to Enjoy Poetry. Can you believe it? I mm-hmm. had pre-ordered it on my Kindle. Oh, God oh. bless you, Governor. It came straight in. Oh, I read it. I, I devoured it. I ate it up. And I can honestly say it is absolutely... <gasps> do you want to do a drum roll, Al? I feel too <laughs> stiff with stress, actually, but yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal. Oh, good. Oh, I could still see uh, the, the penalty shootout against Germany there for a second. And do you know, I, I know my way around a poem or two. It yeah. taught me things about poetry I didn't get from university, I didn't even get from my dad. Oh, so, Frank, good. I, I want to thank you. It's absolutely brilliant. I'm very proud of oh, you. Oh, I don't know what to say. Well, Bro- thanks would tar. be nice. Thank you. Very kind. <laughs> very nice of you. That moment of feedback reminded me of drama school when we had a director that used to say, you do that terribly well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, wow. Oh, could you just, just say, oh, do it well? No, Awful. It's, so, it's so painful, isn't it? Yeah. Nuts. I mean, not to me, to other people. No, obviously. <laughs> Oh, and come Frank, on. Lovely, uh, lovely cover, dear. I didn't do the cover. Oh. Yeah, but people like it. 
Do they the cover? Yeah. yeah. But I, in my, I've always found, and I know this is a bit of an off, you know, good. left field thing, I don't think you can actually judge them. Oh, but you can. <laughs> oh. They do, though. <laughs> yes. You can. At the Folio Society, they do all those really beautiful books. Yeah. You can do it there. Yeah. Just try that. So I was going to bring it in for you to sign, but unfortunately... Selco! It's where the trade go. <laughs> How can you oh, sign it on a Kindle book? Well, that's book? the problem. Oh. Yeah, so, a sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> Just think I'll be signing your whole book collection in one go. <laughs> Just why don't you write in a, in a pat sharpie across my laptop screen? <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyway, thank you for Respect. your loyalty. Respect. Um, that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, if you, I always think if you tune into this show late, you must think, what are they laughing yeah. at? The, the stitch backs to bat references to... It's like a fabulously worked tapestry. And you reckon? Yeah. And you know what, Frank? But I not think every link. Claire, no. Claire Osborne. In fact, three. <laughs> Sorry. One of our readers, Claire Osborne, I think has given... One of the loveliest reviews of your hair, which is perfection is overrated. <laughs> I think that's true. I am like like the uh, Islamic rug maker. I, I leave my hair as a as a, a looking like this to prove that only God is perfect. Mm-hmm. Certainly, got a carpet you've got up there. <laughs> now look here. Well, you you give with one hand. Oh yeah. Take away with the other. It's what they're like, Al, isn't it? Hey? <laughs> it's what they're like. <laughs> oh, Keeping a dignified oh. silence on that one. <laughs> it's where I'll the trade go. I'll leave you gentlemen to talk about me whilst I go to the other room. <laughs> we might uh, be billiards and cigars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I try. remember having a cigar at Jonathan Ross's house and being sick How in his it? toilet. Ooh. Did you? How do people do it? Does, the, does Donald J. Trump like a cigar? Don't know. I'd be amazed if he didn't. Don't I imagine so. he's quite terrible people. Maybe. He wouldn't like smoking at Mar-a-Lago. At what? Mar-a-Lago, that's his... Um, <laughs> you look genuinely horrified. <laughs> I don't know what that That's was. his Miami hotel I um, thought it was compound. a Bond villain. <laughs> so, um, what was he called? Emil Largo, was he called? Huh? Oh, yes, no, you're absolutely right, yeah. Anyway, we can sit here all day talking about Bond villains, but life goes on. Uh, thank you so much for listening this morning, and if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.